Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. A Chinese Communist Party blogger on a government advisory panel places pro-independence Taiwanese officials on a kill list. What China, they want to replace the United States as, as the world's leader. A former CDC director testifies that gain-of-function research may have led to the greatest pandemic in world history. COVID-19 more likely was the result of an accidental lab leak. Car thefts reached the highest levels in 14 years. We do anticipate throughout the next year these numbers will continue to increase. This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast, your first look at today's top stories for Thursday, March 9th. I'm Mike Scott. Top U.S. intelligence officials met before Congress Wednesday. They testified that they consider China to be the top of the list of threats to the United States. U.S. Director of National Intelligence Avril Haines, CIA Director William Burns, FBI Director Christopher Wray, Defense Intelligence Agency Director Lieutenant General Scott Barrier, and NSA Director General Paul Nakasone all testified before the Senate Intelligence Committee during the panel's annual hearing on worldwide threats. Reporter Evan Lambert breaks down what was learned in the hearing. Those intel chiefs telling senators when it comes to fighting global threats, China at the top of their list. But this hearing it covered everything from TikTok to fentanyl to the origins of COVID. The five top intel chiefs sitting before Congress Wednesday and making it clear that China tops the list of threats to the United States from its burgeoning relationship with Moscow. The intelligence community assesses China will continue cooperation with Russia while limiting its public support to growing concerns over Americans' use of TikTok, which the FBI sees as synonymous with handing over personal information to the Chinese government. And an overarching theme of Wednesday's hearing that global threats continue to evolve beyond just military concerns. And Senator Warner also saying it is fair to question the origins of COVID. The intel chiefs blaming the fact that they don't have a consensus on that, on the fact that China is not cooperating. Avril Haines, the director of national intelligence, states that China is the biggest threat to the United States. Perhaps needless to say, the People's Republic of China, which is increasingly challenging the United States economically, technologically, politically and militarily around the world, remains our unparalleled priority. FBI Director Christopher Wray speaks on the intrusive nature of the social media app TikTok and how it's used by the Chinese Communist Party. If you were to ask Americans, would you like to turn over your data, all your data, control of your devices, control of your information to the CCP, most Americans would say, I'm not down with that, as right. my kids would say. This comes as reports of a pro-CCP blogger who sits on an influential Chinese government advisory panel 
called for the assassination of Taiwanese Vice President William Lai. The blogger had written online that he proposed a blacklist, including people supportive of Taiwan's independence, to be top targets for assassination following a special operation against that country. Retired General Jack Keane says it's imperative that the U.S. and its allies stand up to the growing relationship between Russia and China. There's some headwinds that China's facing as a result of that public declaration. I mean, clearly here, we, we have the German chancellor who has, has been soft on Russia uh, in the beginning and certainly has economic dependence on China. Uh, is issuing a clarion order here not to do it. And that in itself sends a message. The EU has said it's a red line for them, and they would begin not decoupling their their economy completely, certainly, but doing some to pull back from China. And certainly the United States has issued strong warnings here. You know, Bill, what we got to recognize is this strategic partnership between Russia and China is a serious one. And China looks at the war in Ukraine that if Russia loses, it strengthens the hand of the United States and the West, but also South Korea, Japan, and Australia, who are also helping Ukraine. That would make it much tougher for China to achieve its goals in the Indo-Pacific region, and particularly when it comes to Taiwan. This is a serious relationship, to be sure. Keene explains some of the key concerns that he has about China. China is conducting the most comprehensive penetration of the United States in our history. And certainly surveillance is one of those goals. We saw spy balloons, uh, obviously, and and we had huge trouble in in how to deal with that effectively. But we got to recognize what what China, their goals are so comprehensive. They want to replace the United States as, as the world's leader. And they want to dominate in four areas, economically, militarily, technologically, and geopolitically. They are an economic superpower now, but they have some headwinds in front of us. They are the most rapid-growing military in the world, and they do dominate in the Indo-Pacific region, but a far cry from dominating the world the way the United States was. But technologically, I mean, they are really on the move here. Keene goes on to point out that China is experiencing some rapid technological growth. ASPI's critical technology tracker is saying that China is rapidly becoming the world's superpower in terms of science and technology. They track 44 advanced technologies. China is leading in 37 of them. They also make the claim that of the top 10 research institutions in the world, 10 of them are, all 10 of them are in China. And they produce nine times the amount of research papers of quality on advanced technology than what the United States does. They have put huge amount of their dollars, their government dollars, into research and technology. We often say they're stealing ours to build theirs, but they, while they're continuing to steal ours, they are building their own, obviously. Now that blogger posted on the Chinese social media site Webio that his proposal had been approved and he was receiving support and that experts were reviewing it for implementation. first hearing investigating the origins of COVID-19 was held on Wednesday, led by House Republicans. Witnesses in the hearing suggested that the pandemic likely came from a lab leak and even accused Dr. Anthony Fauci 
of trying to stifle that hypothesis. The chairman of the House Select Committee on Coronavirus Pandemic, Ohio Republican Dr. Brad Wenstrup, says discovering the origins of the coronavirus is vital. It matters for the future of the world. And we aren't finished. We're just beginning. There will be more hearings and more inquiries and more documents discovered. We will follow every lead. Wenstrup says concerns remain about the lab in Wuhan, which was conducting gain-of-function research on viruses. We have learned that the Wuhan Institute has poor biosafety and was conducting this research at only biosafety level two, described as the Wild West by Dr. Jeremy Farrar, a virologist from the U.K., now chief scientist for the WHO. Wenstrup says the Chinese government was well aware of the outbreak before it publicly acknowledged its existence. The multiple researchers at the Wuhan Institute were sick with COVID-19-like symptoms in the fall of 2019 before the Chinese officially announced the outbreak. The Ohio Republican goes on to say that the National Institutes of Health played an indirect role in the outbreak of COVID-19. Records show that the National Institutes of Health allowed EcoHealth to conduct risky research on novel coronaviruses at the Wuhan Institute without going through the potential pandemic pathogen department level review board. Back in early 2020, in the first stages of the pandemic, the former Centers for Disease Control director, Robert Redfield, publicly stated that he believed the virus escaped from a lab. Despite his assertion, now being backed by the FBI and the Department of Energy, he was cut out of meetings with then National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases Director Anthony Fauci. Redfield stresses that available data indicates that the pandemic was more likely the result of an error at a lab in Wuhan, China, than the result of a natural event. Based on my initial analysis of the data, I came to believe, and I still believe today, that it indicates that COVID-19 more likely was the result of an accidental lab leak than a result of a natural spillover event. This conclusion is based primarily on the biology of the virus itself. Redfield testifies that unclassified evidence shows a significant event that prompted a highly unusual response took place at the Wuhan lab back in September 2019, right around the start of the pandemic. In September of 2019, three things happened in that lab. One is they deleted the sequences. It was highly irregular. Researchers don't usually like to do that. Second thing they did was they changed the command and control of the lab from the civilian control to the military control. Highly unusual, and I've been involved in dual-use labs when I was in the military. And the third thing they did, which I think is really telling, is they let a contractor redo the ventilation system in that laboratory. Redfield suggests that Dr. Fauci may have engaged in an effort to cover up the lab leak theory, saying instead that Fauci made an attempt to misguide the public about the origins of the virus. I don't think I use the word cover-up. Okay, I think there was an attempt to misguide, redirect the debate uh, 
but I, I wouldn't have used the word cover-up. Given the Wuhan Institute of Virology had received NIH grants to perform gain-of-function research, Fauci and Collins worked together to quash the lab leak theory and destroy the careers of scientists who dared to publicly entertain it. An attorney with the far-left Southern Poverty Law Center is charged with domestic terrorism following a riot in Atlanta. Daybreak Insider's Tasha Stevens has more on this developing story. SPLC staff attorney Thomas Jurgens was arrested alongside Antifa radicals over the weekend in what police are describing as a coordinated attack on an Atlanta police training facility that's under construction. According to the Georgia Department of Public Safety, some of the rioters tried to blind police officers by shining green lasers into their eyes. Republican Georgia Governor Brian Kemp condemned the violence, calling it an act of domestic terrorism. Police said the majority of those arrested were from other parts of the U.S., as well as France and Canada. Tasha Stevens reporting. California Governor Gavin Newsom took to Twitter on Wednesday proclaiming that his state will not renew a $54 million contract with Walgreens because of the company's decision not to dispense an abortion drug in states where Republican officials have threatened legal action against them. California is officially done with Walgreens, more specifically done doing business with them. Governor Newsom said today the state won't do any more business with Walgreens because the company is refusing to sell a specific abortion pill in about 20 states. That's because in February, attorneys general in all of those states warned Walgreens against mailing Mifepristone. Today, the governor tweeted out the state won't be working with any company that cowers to the extremists and puts women's lives at risk. Now, Mifepristone is a pill used to end pregnancy along with another medication. With a prescription, they can be used to end a pregnancy up to 11 weeks, not to be confused with birth control or the Plan B pill. In November, an anti-abortion group filed a lawsuit in Texas to revoke FDA approval for that drug, claiming the FDA approved it 23 years ago without adequate evidence of safety. But physicians groups say the drug is safe and effective. A Trump-appointed judge could make a ruling on that case any day now. Newsom and other California lawmakers have taken measures in recent months to ensure abortion is available in California and to make the state a place where people from elsewhere can get the procedure following the June ruling by the Supreme Court overturning Roe v. Wade. Dr. Sophia Yen is one person in favor of the move by Gavin Newsom and believes the governor should go farther. By taking away access to medication abortion or abortion, you push it out later and you make it more dangerous. However, Kristen Turner is the executive director of Pro-Life San Francisco and believes that we're going to see more state-by-state battles like this one. I don't think that medication like that should be given out without a prescription and just over-the-counter or even in a place like... CVS or Walgreens, I think that it's dangerous. Walgreens released a statement saying our position has always been that once we are certified by the FDA, Walgreens plans to dispense the drug in any jurisdiction where it is legally permissible to do so, including the state of California. A new report by the National Insurance Crime Bureau shows that the U.S. has seen over one million car thefts in 2022, the highest it's been in 14 years. This Hyundai has been stolen not once, but three times. 
I'm actually at my wit's end. Sheila Hughes, who's a member of the U.S. Air Force, says her car was first taken in 2001. Police eventually found it. She had it fixed only for it to be stolen again and again. Hughes is a victim of a crime wave that took off during the pandemic. Since 2019, vehicle thefts have increased at a rapid rate, hitting more than one million last year, the highest total since 2008. The problem is more prevalent in some states. Illinois and Washington state saw thefts jump more than 30 percent in 2022. New York was up 23 percent. Used vehicles are more attractive to thieves since prices shot up during the pandemic. Many were certain types of Hyundais and Kias after social media videos showing how to steal them went viral. The companies have since put out software updates to prevent the thefts. The estimated one million 1,967 thefts were an increase of 7% over 2021, and the most since over 1 million cars were stolen in 2008. According to David Glowey, the president and CEO of the NICB, car thefts are at a 15-year high, and criminals are seeing little deterrent to stop them. Glowey predicts that car thefts will rise higher still. We do anticipate throughout the next year these numbers will continue to increase. Automakers of Kia and Hyundai vehicles have been trying to address the issue by providing steering wheel locks and have developed a software solution for many of the vehicles that will be made available to customers in the coming months. Some reports suggest that cars have also been targeted for valuable materials in their catalytic converters, the thefts of which increased over 1,000 percent between 2019 and 2022. According to our Daybreak Insider business experts, there are plenty of jobs to go around, but the number of layoffs is rising. Daybreak Insider's Rita Foley takes a look at the brand new jobs numbers. Employers added a stunning 517,000 jobs in January. In all, there were 10.8 million job openings in January, down from December, says the Labor Department, but still a historically high number of jobs. The unemployment rate fell to 3.4 percent. That's the lowest it's been since 1969. The number of openings in January means there are about two jobs for every unemployed American. But here's the other thing. Layoffs rose in January to 1.7 million. That's the highest since December of 2020. I'm Rita Foley. Slap fighting. Is it the next big thing or unsportsmanlike in its stupidity? Daybreak Insider's Ed Donahue takes a look at the world of professional slap fighting. Fighters take turns hitting each other in the face with an open hand. UFC's Dana White is selling slap fighting as the next big thing in combat sport. We have over a billion views on social media. The Nevada Athletic Commission has sanctioned the Power Slap League for competitions in Las Vegas, but there are safety concerns and the risk of brain injuries. Chris Nowinski, co-founder and CEO of the Concussion Legacy Foundation, doesn't think there's anything fun or interesting about slap fighting. He says they're trying to dress up a really stupid activity to try to make money. Dana White says slap fighting is safer than boxing or mixed martial arts. I'm Ed Donahue. 
And finally, Minnesota Vikings wide receiver K.J. Osborne is being hailed a hero. Because of his quick thinking, the NFL player pulled a man from a burning car, saving his life. You don't know how your day is yeah. going to start sometimes, and that's exactly what happened to KJ and talking to him tonight. KJ Osborne was in an Uber in Austin, Texas, going to train this morning when the car in front of him crashed and burst into flames. He and his driver, along with three others in another car, stopped and decided to try to pull him out. The risk that the car was already on fire and they didn't know the potential for exploding. But Osborne helped grab him and told me he was able to carry him to safety. KJ wow. told me the victim is in the hospital and they believe he's going to be okay. While in Austin, Texas, training, Osborne wanted to get something to eat with his trainer and Detroit Lions running back DeAndre Swift. However, on their way to a restaurant, Osborne's Uber driver noticed a car crash where a vehicle was on fire. Osborne explains what happened next. I kind of picked him up. You know, he's he's bleeding. His, his blood is on me. We carry him like 10, 15 yards, try to get away from the car just in case it blows up. And uh, by then, you know, the, the fire trucks came and uh, the ambulance and the police and everything like that. And uh, they were just thanking us that, you know, we saved this guy's life. And, um, you know, without us that, you know, he, he definitely, you know, could have definitely for sure burned in that car. Osborne has since been in contact with the man. He plans on going to the hospital to check up on him, adding that he sustained an ankle injury and was bleeding from his face. The Vikings wideout is still in awe of that event, saying it proves that angels are watching out for us. Osborne points out that he missed his first Uber prior to getting in the one that led him into this situation. He believes that if they were not there, perhaps the man would not have made it. Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider Podcast at Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at DaybreakInsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at SRNNews.com and TownHall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. I'm Mike Scott. 